Welcome to the Made True Podcast, a blogcast for the wholehearted makers and shakers of the world. We're about blending intentionality both within our business and our personal lives so we can make and live a life that is authentic and full of purpose. Hey, I'm Jamie High, your host, and thank you so much for joining in today, no matter where you are in the world. I'm always so amazed by all the wonderful listeners that decide to choose me to listen to for however long it decides to go for. So today, I was actually planning to do an episode uh, kind of based off of the last episode about status quo, but something happened. I wrote a script, I tried to record it about seven times over the weekend, and I even tried to record it three more times this morning, and it just, like, for some reason, it's just not falling the way it's supposed to fall. Like, the message just seems to be a little bit flat, and I have no idea why. But then, all of a sudden, I just realized, like, I turned it off, I turned off the recording, I went for a little car ride with um, with my dog, <laughs> And um, I realized it's because this whole last week has just, not even last week, the last couple of days over the weekend have been really transformative for me. Um, and I, I really want to share it with you guys. And I, I guess my hesitation is it, it's either going to like really resonate with you and it's going to hit you or it's going to just make you so mad. <laughs> and I get that because this is a message that ultimately I've heard over and over and over again, especially in the yoga community, like the whole energy field. When I did Reiki, I heard like I heard all of this before, but for some reason this last week everything just kind of hit me in such a different way and yeah, I I just feel like I need to share it with you guys. And I don't want this to sound like a therapy session or anything like that. Or, um, But there is going to be some emotionability. That's not even a word, but I'm making it up. There is going to be some emotion behind this for sure because it's been so profound. And the way it kind of occurred to me was just bizarre and sad, but also beautiful. Um. So I guess I kind of have to rewind and kind of give you an idea of what I've been kind of struggling with. And so <laughs> uh, I had a very tumultuous growing up. I grew up in a very chaotic home. It wasn't very consistent. Um, it was very emotionally all over the place. I my father wasn't really around growing up. <laughs> That's Ella. Um, I didn't have a father really growing up too much. He was always gone away working. He worked in seismic, and uh, before that, he was in the army. So he was always kind of traveling, always all over the place while I was home. And um, my mom, unfortunately, isn't completely well. She really struggles. Um, with her emotional health, and um, that's something that's like pretty prevalent on my on uh, my mom's side of the family. There's a lot of um, mental illness and just challenges with emotionality, which I don't think is actually a word. Um, maybe I'm making up a new word. Who knows? Um, and so I kind of grew up in a very strange household um, alone. My brother was a lot older than me. 
So I basically consider myself an only child, even though I do have a brother and I love my brother a lot. It's just that he left when I was 12. And so most of my adult life, I would say like we haven't been very much in contact. So I've always, I have very much like firstborn tendencies. Like I'm very independent, um, things like that, where I'm sure if people met me, they would assume I'm a firstborn, but probably didn't realize that I actually am not. Um... So I grew up pretty alone um, in a very unstable household um, that has really left a mark on my heart for a really, really long time. Um, I really believed that to be loved, it was based off of what I did and not who I was. And that's been something that has been really, really hard for me to work through. I've been working on it forever. (laughs) Um, It wasn't until 2013 that when I kind of stepped aside and made some boundaries that I decided to stand up for myself, which was excruciating and difficult and heartbreaking and hard. And I went into a really deep depression where I grieved um, for quite a long time. And I saw a therapist and I really worked through it. And, but it's, of course, with anything, it's like we, our stories that we hold on to for so long, they shape us and they are part of our everyday life. And so um, what I've been struggling with for a really long time is this sense of forgiveness, um, not only for um, how I was treated, but also um, just forgiveness for myself for the decisions I've made. And logically, when I look at my life and the decisions I've made, I've made really great decisions that have made me heal and made me a better person and have made me um, a lot happier and a lot more prosperous in so many aspects that I don't think a lot of people can quite understand unless they've been through it. And um, that's something that I am very interested in understanding is that like my mom and I don't have a relationship and it's very, very hard for a lot of people to understand and not having a relationship with your mother is very, very taboo in our society because it, it is the person that gave you life. And um, my mom is the person that I've loved so, so much my whole life. And I felt like I was trying to do absolutely everything in my power to make someone who's so deeply unhappy happy. And it basically ruined me. <laughs> Because um, I took that responsibility on, um, not really like logically, like consciously, I didn't really realize that's what I was doing. I was just trying to fix and to be the best that I could in it. And um, so basically I grew up with this idea that I wasn't a good person because that's what I was told, that I wasn't a good person, that I was all of these things, um, horrible things, and I... I truly believed that and I believed that the only way I could be a good person was by what I did which I honestly think is a very reinforced message for a lot of women like we have to be nice smile do the right thing um, be everything to everybody and um, I want it to be clear that I'm not blaming um, my mother's circumstance onto me I know she was extremely limited Um, and still is very limited with what she has, especially with any kind of emotional disorder. It's um, 
there's a there's limitations there that I don't quite understand, but I have come to terms with. Um, and again, that's something that um, it's very difficult to to talk about in such a short platform, in short bursts for people to quite understand it. Um, it's been years and years of trying to be okay with it myself because I haven't been for a really long time because it ultimately at the end of the day I'm like this is not the choice I would have picked but it's the choice that has been absolutely necessary um for um my own health and my own family um yeah I think people who have been through abuse would understand what I'm talking about when it comes to boundaries, what's necessary and what's not necessary. Um, and it's not going to, it's not going to feel right for a lot of people, um, who grew up in perfect families. Um, Landon is a really good, um, example of that. Landon has the most nurturing mother I've ever met my whole life. Um, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of families around me who, um, kind of embody what family families kind of represented to me like what I desired for my whole life like what I wanted but never grew up with um um but my my reality was very different and so that's kind of the framework this is kind of like the base idea so you kind of have an idea of like what I've been through on a very small um very small piece. Um, this last week, I heard of some awful, awful news. I about people I don't even really know. I just I know of them from like some second degree of like knowing somebody else that knows them, and then I learned through like Instagram that something terrible had happened to them, and um, it's a couple, and uh, they were just recently engaged for like a couple of weeks. And she lost her fiancé. He passed away, and he's 28 years old and my age. And it literally just, I don't know, I just, it ruined me. Just, (laughs) I think it's my absolute greatest fear to lose the love of my life. Landon is the love of my life, and he makes me a better human he makes me a good person and uh he's the only person I feel like who truly really gets me and understands me and loves me despite all of my flaws and loves me despite what my decisions are he loves me just because he just loves me truly unconditional love which I've never had before in my life um and so Lennon was away at this time and he was in Vancouver And I just got grief-stricken of just thinking about her losing the love of her life. And it just put me into this tailspin of grief. And I just cried. And uh, I had to go into the shower because it was late at night and I had a meeting the next morning, which I think was Friday. And I was worried about being too puffy because when I cry, I get so puffy-eyed and I look so ridiculous. And so I forced myself into shower at like midnight trying to like calm myself down because I just couldn't, I couldn't stop crying. 
And uh, I was so fearful. I was so afraid because my literally my greatest fear is to lose Landon because he is everything that I have left of family. Um, my dad uh, is chronically ill and I don't know how much time we have with him and I've only had like a relationship for him since I was like 21. So it's been like seven years of being in contact with him and getting to know him more and just kind of developing this relationship and uh, he's sick. And then um, me and my brother just, we don't live in the same city. We're super far apart in age and uh, we just never really had a relationship and our family is very, very split. So um, we just never got the ability to really know each other as family. Um, so it's just a very interesting, um, I don't know, just, just a very interesting dynamic, I guess, in our family. Um, and so it was only just me and my mom. And, uh, when I, when I no longer have my mom, I only had Lannan left as family because I don't really have aunts and uncles. Like I have aunts and uncles, but I don't know them. Our families are all very, very broken up and um, distributed. Um, my mom's side of the family is just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything really about anybody. It's very interesting. Um, so I called Len and I had a, I just like was just, I need you to be safe. I was just so deeply afraid and I was in so much pain. And I was like, why? Like, why is this happening? Why am I so grief-stricken? Why am I hurting so deeply in this moment? Nothing has happened. This is all, this is not happening to me. This is happening to somebody else. And it just like, oh, I wanted to reach out to her and just be like, I don't know you, but I just, my heart is just bleeding for you. I'm so sorry. This has happened to you. This is my greatest fear. And I'm so sorry. Like, they've only been engaged for like two weeks. And he's gone. And it's just like, I just can't even imagine. And so I was doing what I do on Instagram and I was scrolling around and I came across this quote and it just unlocked everything for me. It's, we are not held back by the love we didn't receive in the past, but by the love we're not extending into the present by Marianne Williamson. If you've never read her books before, I highly, highly recommend Return to Love. It's incredible. I've read it so many times. It's dog-eared and highlighted, and I just love that book. Um, if you don't like reading, listen to the audiobook. It's a really, really, really good, good book. I really, I can't recommend it enough. And um, this was like a little key. Like, it just unlocked absolutely everything. It unpacked so much for me. Um, I am exceptionally hard on myself exceptionally hard like I am my own worst critic I am anything that you thought of me I've probably thought a million times worse I grew up with a very negative voice of who I was and who I was not going like who I was supposed to be and that is so deeply ingrained into me that it's given me a lot of drive and it's made me very hard working but it means that I am exceptionally ruthless to myself. And it's something that I've constantly had to work on. And I'm, I, I feel like I've gotten better, but I need, I still need a lot of work. And so this quote, um, okay, let's go back a second. Um, 
So if I did like anything like so minuscule and stupid or small, anything that I did in our relationship with Landon, I would just beat myself up about it. Being like, you're not loving enough. You're not caring enough. You're not patient enough. You're not this enough. You're just not enough. You're not enough for this person. He is perfect and kind and sweet and loves you despite everything. And you can't even love him despite everything. And, um, it's cause I'm, I'm so highly critical of myself. And so Lana and always like, you're so hard on yourself. You're so hard on yourself. Like, just let it go. Like, I, I'm not upset about that. Like, it's okay. And I just can't, I can't, I, I'm always trying to right the wrongs constantly. And if I'm not writing the wrong that I did by overdoing myself, I'm trying to be three steps ahead at all times to make sure I don't make a mistake. It's like the ultimate perfectionism that just ruins everything because nothing will ever be enough ever. And it's exhausting and it's hard and it's emotional and it's just too much. And so when I read this quote, we are not held back by the love we didn't receive in the past, but by the love we're not extending into the present. I just realized that like my past has been with me every single day and I haven't I haven't let it go I haven't and I thought I was working so hard on that that it was gone and that I that I've worked like that I've worked through it and like logically I've worked through it so many times that it's exhausting I'm the type of person that's like if there's a problem fix it there's a problem fix it right and so I've done PTSD books, I've done trauma books, I've done meditation, I've done yoga for years, I've done therapy, I've done every kind of self-help book to try and just release this. And it took, it took one quote (laughs) to just realize what it was. And it was, I am so held back by what was not given to me. That I'm like fighting for a love that wasn't given to me as a kid. Again, this sounds like a therapy session, right? Puke. Um, If you don't like it, I'm so sorry. You can turn it off. Um, I wouldn't be offended. Um, I'm so held by the fact that I wasn't loved unconditionally growing up. I just, I wasn't. I was only loved for what I did. And what I didn't do... I got punished and what I didn't figure out ahead of time got punished for. And so it's given me this hyper awareness of I need to be this to this person before this even happens. I need to be aware of this before that happens. I was always, especially when with like abuse, like you're always trying to do the right thing before you mess up so that you don't have to relive those pains over and over and over again. And I've realized that's all I've ever been doing. But in a way, I keep recreating this pain by doing the same old pattern over and over and over again and not allowing myself to experience the love that I deserve now. The one that's right in front of me. The one that's not conditional, it's unconditional. And... uh 
by being so hyper-focused on fixing and fixing and fixing and fixing and fixing and trying to be better, be better, be better, I'm stuck. I'm just stuck. I'm stuck in the past. I'm stuck in what was. It's not even there anymore. That relationship doesn't even exist. It hasn't existed in four years. And... I'm stuck there, trying to be better, trying to get the love that I never got with a ghost. And I'm missing all the love in the present. And when I think about it, it's so... It's so self-indulgent. It's so sad. It's so... Yeah, it's self-indulgent. It's so like me, 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 me. Like, you know, like it's not, that's not healthy. And by focusing on what I didn't get and reliving it and trying to figure out how to heal it, how to heal it, how to get rid of it, the only way to do it is actually by being that now and losing the focus of what was then. Does that make sense? Instead of focusing on how I didn't show up for my partner yesterday, I can focus in this moment now of how I can love him better. How I can show up and be patient. How I can show up and be unconditionally loving. To be more forgiving to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think that unlocks my anxiety of losing him. Because when I think about it, if I lost him, I just... I would be so afraid he didn't fully get to feel the amount of love that I truly have for him because I was so busy fixing the past, stuck in the motions of what has happened to me and trying to write it instead of just being in the moment and loving him now instead of, oh, I can love him perfectly once I'm fixed. We can't do things just by thinking, you know? Like, and I guess this is for other people out there who are just so similar to me that are just stuck in the brain of just thinking, thinking logically, peeling it apart, putting the equations together, finding the solutions, but they're not working. You know, like I've read, I've read so many psychology and sociology books I've done so many workshops. I've done I've done a lot and I've always been like why isn't this working? Why can't why isn't it gone yet? And I think that's what it is. It's it's the grasping. It's holding on to something that doesn't even exist anymore. So 
the practice is. And everything comes down to practice. It really, really does. No matter how you slice it with anything, it's practice every single day. Every single day. And we all identify with things from our past that we just don't want to let go. And here's an example. Um, being sick. So for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you already know I have Lyme disease. Um, my Western doctors think I have multiple sclerosis. And so I have like this, I'm just not well. And so, um, whether it's you, okay. Lyme disease and multiple sclerosis are essentially one in the same. People like to slice it into two different groups, but that's not really the case. Lyme disease creates an autoimmune response, which is different for everybody. Some people get lupus, some people get ALS, some people get Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, um, multiple sclerosis. And my autoimmunity um, deficiency, my symptoms are more on the multiple sclerosis scale. I have lesions on the brain, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we have that. Um, Being sick, um, I realized I've over-identified with it in a lot of ways because we as humans tend to categorize ourselves. We want to know which group we, we belong to. It's like community. It's like, like think about high school and like when you're a kid, like you want to know which group you belong to. Like who, like where's your identity? Where do you fall? You want, it's some kind of way of feeling when you're identified, you can feel like you find your other people, right? And so in a lot of ways, I identified with this illness and I've noticed this too with other people in the community, especially on forum boards. If you go on any kind of health forum bar- board that's like specialized for like a certain disease, um, it is incredibly depressing and angry and like there's just comparing and it's just an awful, awful place to go. When I when anybody gets diagnosed with anything, especially like Lyme or autoimmune disease, when people come to me about chronic pain, I'm like, do not go on those forum bars. They'll just make you extremely depressed and you'll just get sucked into the toxicity. And I've realized, I've seen this a lot, is just that we identify with things of the past and the things we just don't want to be in the moment. We rather sit in this like extremely self-indulgent world about our own pain, you know? And I think that's where all this unhealthiness, no matter what kind of unhealthiness it is, I think it all extends from that, that it's just, it's, it's what they would call like, in like yoga, like your ego, your, what you identify. Um, so there's like two sets of views, right? There's like you, the identity, like what you wear, what you say, the voice in your head, that you, which is your ego. And then there's like the big you, capital Y-O-U. And the big you is the one that's watching it all. It's like your soul, you know, when like you, when you're hearing yourself talk and you like, you're so aware of like what's happening, you're like, whoa. That is the big you. That is the true you. And the true you has no identity. But your ego does. And so everyone gets locked into their their ego identity. And all they do is create immeasurable suffering. And this is not new. This is not news to anybody who, especially in like the, the um, 
new age world, if you do yoga, meditation, uh, anything like that, it's, it's not new. Um, and yeah, it just made me realize that everything that I experience every single day, the hardship, the stress, the perfectionism, the sadness, the anxiety, the deep emotional pain, it is all of my own doing. All of it. Every single piece of it. Because I identified with all of it. So regardless of the people in my life, regardless of how I was treated, the things that I have went through, where I'm right now is so vastly different than where I was. Where I was, I didn't want to live. I was in so much pain. And where I am now, all I want to do is live. What, what I, where I am now is like I have this exceptional life that I didn't anticipate. And I can't even enjoy it because I'm so identified with who I was and what that means and who's to blame that I can't be here and all I want to do is be here I want to look at this life and just marvel at it all I want to be called to just see the things that are happening in front of me and just be like whoa Okay, I'm identifying with this. I'm I'm feeling anxious, but why? <laughs> like what what's the story am I telling myself? I have no idea if this is going to feel if this is even going to resonate with absolutely anybody or maybe you're just like a oh, great another hokey <laughs> another hokey episode. But that just changed me and I don't think I'm gonna get better at it until I practice it even more you know I've talked about this stuff before and when I was teaching yoga class and I believed it but I didn't quite have it yet you know and I think that and for those people who believe in God I feel like when we're completely present and we're not stuck in our own neurosis and our own suffering, when we're connected in that moment and we're choosing love in every moment instead of choosing onto the suffering of our past, that's when we're truly in communion with God. And I think that's what's the most powerful thing of all. And that's how we heal. And that's how we co-create our life. And that's how we move to be better. We can't move to be better if we're constantly beating ourselves up and replaying the things in the past of trying to figure out how to fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, better, better, better. Because it doesn't even exist anymore. None of it exists. The only thing that exists exactly in this moment is the fact that I'm sitting in a chair in my office, talking into a microphone, 
about something that's either going to freak people out or that's going to be extremely helpful. That's it. That's not even true. <laughs> that's so funny. That's not even real either because this isn't even out there yet. It hasn't even been published. That means nobody is listening to this except for myself. Not a soul. And it's helped me. So that's beneficial. I can't foresee the future. And the past no longer exists. We've all heard that before, I'm sure. But just like with chronic illness and with this love that I've been trying to figure out so I could be the best version of myself, it doesn't exist in the future. It does not exist in the past because those aren't even real. They're just made up in our brains. (laughs) And, uh, all we have is now. And that's the constant thing that I'm, that me and a couple of my girlfriends who are sick, we all have um, autoimmune disease that we just talk to each other and support each other. We're building an organization. We always say, what is the next right thing? Because a lot of the times we get so frustrated and swept up in all of our exams and all the doctors that we're seeing and all the things that they're saying and all the research that we've done. And uh, we get so swept away into all of that and we're trying to figure out like can we have kids can we um should I do this protocol like what if they don't find a cure like it's all these projections of the future when all we ever have is this exact moment and all of this stems back from someone who lost their fiance the love of their life and how I do not do not want to lose the love of my life. That fear has awakened me to the idea that I just know there's so much more of me to give and so much more that he deserves and that I deserve and that our family deserves. But I haven't been there. I haven't been present. I haven't been living it because I've been so focused on healing the past when the past doesn't even exist anymore. The only way to put us on the course of the future that I want so badly, that I dream of every day, is it all, it's living in this moment, this exact moment. Isn't that crazy? I really hope this message finds somebody out there and just rocks them to their core because I I don't even feel the same anymore. And it's so bizarre that it hit me in such a strange way, all because of someone's great tragedy. It like it's like God just decided to like shake me awake. And the what if question made me realize that there's no more room left for what if and there's no more room for well this happened this is who I was this is what happened there's no more room for it anymore the only thing that's left is now that's it that's it heavy. 
heavy, heavy, heavy. I hope you guys can sit with that today. And if it just pisses you off, I get it. I get it. That it used to piss me off too. (laughs) So, uh, sit with it. And if it doesn't resonate, just leave it. Who cares? All right. Thank you so much. Um, for listening in and I'm terrified to listen to this so I'm probably just going to upload it and just send it out into the world and um, leave it at that alright to whoever you are in the world I hope you are leading an intentional heart filled day one where you can just be completely present in what you want to create right now Instead of being stuck in this neurosis of what you didn't do and what you need to do in the future. I hope you can find peace and a lot of freedom in that today. Till next time. I'm out. Bye.